Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent on League podcast, the second of the 2018-19 campaign. I'm John Phipps and live from Broadstairs, England is a man who, if I recall correctly, three years ago today rocked up to cover Margate v Truro in a rascal pair of pink shorts. It's the first time I actually remember meeting him properly and I wonder, Matt Gerrard, do you remember that day as fondly as I do? Uh, I think they're known as Passport Red shorts. Well, it was a lovely day that as well, wasn't it? It was a good game. Isaac Vassell played for Truro that day and he was... Um... He's got the playing for Birmingham. I think he's got a load of injury problems, but he was absolutely quality. He ripped Margate apart in that sort of game. Yeah, I do remember that game. Three years, John. Oh, what a three years has it been. So, uh, and who would have said three years ago we'd, I'd be sitting in a depressingly dark office talking to you about a podcast? So there you go. But yeah, wonderful three years that's been. Yeah, it has been. It's been it's been marvellous. I do remember you had sweets and and your short. If I remember rightly, I got there and you were sat and you were just standing on the terrace behind the goal in your shorts, and I thought. I think that's that bloke from Radio Kent. Oh, here we go. And so I went and took my seat and, and then we just started chatting. And, and it sounded like I was Billy, well, Billy Big. I can beat that bit out. But um, from that, but no, I'm, I'm a man of the people, John. I'm saying I don't think anybody. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is our 44th episode on the Kent Only podcast, which is, of course, the country code for calling the UK when you're abroad, which in holiday season seems somewhat appropriate. Although, Matt, I don't think you'll be needing that next week, will you? No, 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 no. We were using, I had to ring 49, which is Germany today as well. Used as phone fact there. No, I'm not going abroad, but I am away with the family for a week or two. So um, looking forward to that. But looking at the weather, it's supposed to be pretty dreadful the next week. So uh, I'll probably be bashing my head against the caravan wall, the caravan uh, door uh, what we're staying in. But there you go, it'd be nice to get away anyway, so I could do a bit of a break. I'm particularly away from you, John, to be honest. I spend more time with you than I do my family at the moment. For me, I mean, that just shows exactly what sort of man you're really dealing with here. You hear his uh, excitable radio commentaries, but this is what you actually have to deal with with Matt Gerrard in person. And you mentioned sweets then. I haven't had any sweets today. I've had my um, daily dose of Haribo, so I need that. After this, after we recorded this, I better get on me Haribo to get my sugar levels back up. Most people are on the are on the coffee to keep them getting through the day, but Matt has to have Harry Bows and drumsticks and all sorts. He's a real sweet fiend. And and uh, I've been meaning to ask you actually, have you found a mint feast this summer? No, I've been looking though. We have been looking, but um, you get snidey feast, but that's not the same one, is it? Some of the um, different kind of brand. What's the what's the old brand? That's Festival. Not uh, wolves. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, something like that. It's not. It's not the same. So from that point of view, also, John, I don't drink. Hot drinks as well. And every time I explain to somebody, you want a hot drink, they always say, um, oh, so I don't drink hot drinks. They look at you like you're an absolute loon. So uh, that's why I like my uh, drumsticks and things like that. But yeah, I don't have, I don't have hot drinks. So uh, just water is basically what I drink and occasional tipple elsewhere. So yeah, that's yeah, a bit I, about my lifestyle. There's sweets, literally a, a diet of sweets and water. So uh, I should do about three stone, but unfortunately I'm not. No, I, I never used to drink hot drinks till I was about 24, 25. And then I thought... I'll try and fit in and drink tea, and I, I drink a lot of tea, but I still can't get my head around a cup of coffee. And people, do, do you know what? I, Your friends must have been real peer pressure. I better fit in by having a cup of tea with them. It's, it's That's that, so middle class, John. That office culture, isn't it? Of everyone else is having the tea, you don't want to be left out. But what? Well, well going back onto this, another thing, bugbear, I'm not going to moan today because I drink water. The water butt thing uh, is downstairs, so I can't bother to go down there. Company pays for people to buy their own Nescafe or top draw equivalent they've got here, but they won't pay me to have a bottle of water. How disgraceful is that? That is, that is your human rights, mate. You better... <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. So that's a big bugbear of mine that I have to, well, and again, this morning, I can't bother to walk to the machine. I haven't really had much water, so I'm probably dehydrated in this dank, depressing office as well. So, yeah, that, that's, yeah, I probably should go to the European Court of Justice. They should spend two pound a week on me on some bottled water. There you go. You, you, if you better, do believe in this, I'll start a petition. You'd better get in there quick because uh, after March they won't care about you. But I'm definitely not getting into that on the Kent non League podcast. One thing I was <laughs> going to say about um, coffee and and uh, re- I say I don't drink coffee. I've, I've tried it a couple of times. I just don't like it. But I'm I'm starting to get a bit annoyed by all these snooty adverts on TV. There's one for a well-known fast food restaurant. Um, where they're going about the flat white and it's the micro bubble bubbles and I, as if it's like really funny and, and highbrow to me you just look like an idiot on those adverts I, I assume you've seen that advert Matthew yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's for McDonald's and again if McDonald's wants to sponsor the Ken Nomi podcast we didn't get anything from Harvester by the way we're always looking for sponsors yeah yeah, yeah. to be honest I do occasionally maybe at Christmas I'm at Christmas because I'm 
kind of, I might have a cappuccino at Christmas. So that's how <laughs> there you go. Can you say that? My, my TP impression was middle class. I might have a cappuccino <laughs> at Christmas. But yeah, but that's that's because it's cold. I thought, but that's the only one I put. Yeah, I'm not not really a hot drink person. So yeah, but, but uh, yeah, but just water, mate. If 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 you had something in the company, but we start that again. There you go. Well, we've got a busy show for you this week. Now we've finished um, messing around for six minutes or so, five minutes or so, um, and we've got three interviews lined up. And we're going to start in the National League, where Matt's lack of optimism for our Kent side looks pretty on the money after a week where just one of them recorded a win. Um, that side is Maidstone United, who've got four points in their two games after a two-one win at Dagenham Ribbridge on Tuesday, which followed a one-one draw with Hartlepool United on Saturday. And it's been a great start to the season for Blair Turgut, who scored all three of their goals. Now, Matt. I- Obviously, he arrived on loan the back end of last season. He had some off-the-field issues as well. But it looks to me like Blair Turg is very hungry to be a success for Maidstone this season. First season he was with Bromley, he was a top-draw player for them the first season in the, conference, in the National League. So, he's, he's got a good pedigree. His off-field problems probably um, saw him released by Bromley. But um, he's come in, Maidstone, Jay Saunders, played to his strength. He is a good player in the hole. Game, what I probably would have said before, he didn't score enough goals. Um, which form would he came from, wasn't it, actually? He played from there. But yeah, but maybe three and two. Um, they sound, I haven't seen the goals yet, but one of them, uh, he's finished off one that's hit the post. There's been a bit of a, a poacher as well. Everybody expected Mullins and uh, Quigley to score the goals, but Turgett, in that sort of number 10 role, very, very quick, wide player. Could be a, could be a key season for him, and he's leading the National League top scorer. Three goals in two games. Jay Saunders will be absolutely delighted with that. He will, and, and I mean, they probably had one of the more favourable starts out of our four teams, um, did the Stones, but you can only beat what's in front of you, and to go to Dagenham, it sounds like that's a that's a good win over, I mean, even though Dagenham have got their problems um, off the field, they're still managed by Peter Taylor, and we all know what a good coach he is, so that's that's no mean feat, is it, to go and win there? No, I think, I think it's a very good result, and I think from the, from the reports I get, it's the way that Mainstone dug in, tuning up, and then 10 minutes to go, that's... Uh... Uh, Elliot Romain got one back for Dagenham and then they were backs against the walls but a bit more resilient maybe they would have folded um, last season when they had that terrible run but yeah they've responded well got some tough, tough games that are coming up but um, I think their supporters will be delighted all we, all we can ask for really I think is you're playing home and away in the first two games of the season you get four points on the board you'll be absolutely over the moon with that gives you a, a, a solid ground in it as, with, some, with tougher games coming up for them coming as well yeah, exactly. Um, the other three teams have all got one point each after two games. Uh, Ebb's feet lost 1-0 at home to Chesterfield on Saturday before Corey Whiteley's late effort earned a 1-1 draw late in on Tuesday. Uh, Michael Cheeks arrived from Dagenham and we said last week that Fleet had a, had a tough start. It's proven that way, but they will soon hope that they can get to winning ways, Matt. Again, they hadn't taken their chances um, in those games. Michael Cheeks, I think we mentioned Michael Cheeks last week. I didn't know anything about that, but we think it was always on the cards that he'd go there. Decent striding Still going with Kebwell, which I think is the right decision from there. But Leighton Orient, sort of game, bits of the highlights of their game against Salford, and they dominated Salford in that game. So Leighton Orient would be disappointed to um, not win that one. And, you know, when, when, when Orient went 1-0 up, and they've had some other chances, but again, Ashmore, how key is for them? It's a couple of great saves, particularly one as well, uh, after Ebb Street have equalised. Good-looking result there. Corey Whiteley, again, we've mentioned him before, slight deflection on the goal, but he can get something out of nothing and that is ever so crucial in this league. And I think we've seen it in the games of the season. It's anybody's league as well. I know Chesterfield have started pretty well but some other results but anybody could beat anybody in this division. So you'll look back on that. A point at Leighton Orient is a, is a fantastic point. Yeah, Bromley lost 2-1 at AFC Fylde on Saturday while Dover went down 1-0 to Wrexham before the two clashed on Tuesday night at Hayes Lane. And that ended in a dramatic 2-2 draw. Matt's going to give us his opinion shortly. But first, here's Bromley manager Neil Smith. I would have taken the point of a bit 2-1 down. But then after that, I wanted to go for the win. Um, I thought the first half an hour, I thought we started off really bright and lively, you know, creating chances. And then I think the two two goals are very preventable. And, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed with that, especially after, you know, on Saturday, we, we, we let another scrappy goal in. Um, but there's a lot to work with. But I, there was there was a load of positives out there tonight, and I thought uh, David Gregory was outstanding. I thought the two subs that then come on, Reese Meekums and Junior. Meekums you know, got some pace, hasn't he? Yeah, he's very he's very quick, you know, and he's he's coming from um, having a trial, and I think he's really impressed. And uh, I thought when he come on, he sort of that's what I need. I need competition for places. I want people fighting to get in the, the team on Saturday, and I think he he's put himself up there for a start. 
a great start. Johnson right footed I think it was in the goal he came forward you know you didn't really build on that after that I no think. no no and that's what we were saying we got the goal we knew that they play man for man and they follow you around and you know the, the fact that DJ went through everyone moved out of the way yeah. and it created the space but then after that we just played straight lines and you, you stopped moving players around and you know the pass was nearly there and we were just unlucky and it was and I think when then they get the, the goal like they do it sort of puts you on the back foot mm. again and uh, you know they then get a, the second goal again. You know, we try to be a little bit clever, try and get a corner. Yep. And really, all you got to do is clear your lines. But what I saw was the players actually stick together, grind it out, get that result, and still want to go for the win. With, with I think with the melee at the end probably stopped the. No, stopped the, 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 the game, yeah, didn't no, it? and that's what we said. The, the you know, fair play. They wanted it more than we did. Yeah. You know, all that, all that just slowed it down. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the momentum. Yeah. That, you know, we wanted to put the ball in yeah. the box and, and try and get on the end of it, but. You know, it was, a, it was a good one. It was his first night. That, you know, there's a few new players bet, still bedding in. But I saw them actually gel together and, and you know, believe that they could win the game. Well, you know, second game of the season, you've gone to Fard, one of the promotion favourites. Dover, you know what you're going to get from Dover. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think about the National League? They said you've got Gateshead who haven't know. got much money. They've beaten Salford today. I, I think that's how it's going to be. I think it's going to be tight. I really, really do. I don't think there's any one team that's going to run away with it. You know, there's a lot of big, big teams out there with a lot more money than we've got. Um, but I think you've just seen that from Gateshead. It's not about that. It's about that gelling and getting together. You know, there was a, there was a nervous, nervousness out there. Obviously, they'd lost their first game. We'd lost it. So, yeah, how important is it not to go back to back? Yeah, you, you don't. You don't. You want to. You want to try and stop that as soon as you can. Get the first points on the board as early as you can, and try and build up a bit of momentum. Um, and against AFC, you know, they are a good side. They will be. Will be challenging up there. And it took a world-class goal to beat us today. You know, today they have a world-class shot, and, and David Gregory tips it over and I think that's how close it's going to be I think it's anyone who can get some sort of run together will really kick on this season Back in action again Harrogate another new team in this league um, they play on 3G exactly does right. that help them out a little bit more do you know much about them? Well I was just saying we, we, we watched them obviously when they played Brackley they were in the oh, playoffs yep. and, and we had obviously Brackley in the, yep. in, the, in the trophy final they were a good side you know they beat them 4-0 they, 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 they're strong they're physical they, they try to play a bit of football as well it can be difficult teams, all, all these teams, you know, you're looking at it. Do you think it's the most competitive national I, I, league for a while? I, I really do. You know, you look at the size that have, you know, have come down your Barnets and Chesterfields, the teams that are still in there, your Wrexhams, your, you know, your Hartlepools and, and, and Leighton Orients. Then you've got your Salford City, then you've got the Harrogates that have just come up. Dover, Great view as a manager though, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Every game, is, you know, you're pitting your wits against some very, very good people. Um, You'd love to have their budget, you haven't. <laughs> so you know you got. That spur you on as a manager, though, when you say, "Look at it," you know, he might be on X amount a week, but you know, yeah, no, go no, out no. and do well, it. Well, you know what we've said to the boys. You know, there's a lot of clubs. You know where we are in terms of our budget to, to others. I wouldn't like to say, but the wallet doesn't run around and scores no, a goal. No, it's only the person. Yeah. So yeah, they might have something up their sleeve. But if we work hard and we stick together like we did tonight, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we can have a very good season again. How was it then, Matt? Um, I, it looked to me like it was a bit of a topsy-turvy game with Bromley scoring at either end of the 90 minutes. Yeah, from, from putting my Dover head on. Dover really should have won the game. I thought uh, Bromley started brightly, overgave away a cheap goal. Dan Johnson let him run, left foot, then he cuts on his right foot, deflected into the corner of the net. And I, and I was a little bit concerned about Dover then. But Bromley didn't, as Neil Smith said in that interview there, didn't sort of take it on. Dover had a, a foothold in the game and Two full-backs, Pashley, Pashley started the season well. Jack Connors from Ebbsfleet really started well. Caused problems down the flanks and Pashley set up. Brundle had an excellent game. I've been critical of Brundle because A, his set pieces are absolutely appalling. But from a midfield point of view yesterday, he sort of run the game for Dover, dictated the play um, and was on probably Dover's man of the match in that. Good bit of skill. Jamie Allen put the ball in the back of the net and Dover probably had chances to go from there. Bromley then came back into it again. But Dover... Keep holding them at arms. They bugle, I thought, had a good game uh, for them. And they, and they had a good fullback as well. Had a buyer ruling, I thought, was very good for Bromley. So, that, I think he's... They've lost a couple of key players, Bromley. You, you know, Mecky wasn't playing. Uh, you've lost Louis Dennis. And you've lost Josh Reese. There's a lot of goals coming out of that side. So, and I think there was still a work in progress. George Porter came a bit too short for the ball. Wasn't up front with bugle. They brought Meekins on. He was decent to them on the bench. But then David went in front. Locko. Um, glad he was in front of that ball rather than Effie Young, who's... Somebody said on the uh, day before me, he's like Bambi on ice, which technically is. He's got his first touch is absolutely dreadful, um, and for a big guy, he's not he put himself around. I'm not going to start a Ryan Bird rant saying you know he's got to do more, but basically, Effie Young, you've got to do a little bit more confident <laughs> scoring goals. So, um, he, somebody said his job is to just to keep the defenders, you know, 
you know, keep them on their toes. But when he's in position, he's a big guy. When you're running at things, you know, it doesn't look like he can keep the ball under control. But he's got 10 goals for Woking and, and maybe it'll come good on that. But then Locko got in. Then Bromley had a few, Ken Dover had a couple of chances. You know, it's so crucial when you get the chances level to finish it off. Then penalty, which was a definite penalty. Schmoll, we'll hear about him later in a different pod, I think, um, handled the ball. Mitch Walker get, could get the uh, hand on it um, for the penalty, but Sutherland into the corner of the net. And then I thought, oh, this is going to be Bromley. They had a couple of set-piece opportunities around the box. Couldn't get it. And then the game sort of had this big melee um, with a, about, about a minute to go, which basically stopped the uh, momentum, as Neil Smith said, for, for Bromley in that. With about 22 players in, only two players were involved, Pasley and Gregory, were sort of standing up talking to each other and pretending to have a little fight opposite things. So, yeah, it was it was a decent game of football, I think. Um, I think they'll both be fine. Um, but I think David will be disappointed. But I think the key thing is, from both sides, you don't want to start the season with two defeats. So, um, they're about up and running. Um, still got some tough games coming up, but uh, I think they'll both be OK. Once the season settles, and I'm sure they'll both do business as well, uh, in the transfer market, they'll be they'll be okay. It was a decent game of football, I thought as well. In, in terrible conditions, because it absolutely poured it down in the second half. Someone was also well, in fact, not someone. Uh, Bromley's official Twitter account said that uh, a save from David Gregory from Mitch Blundell was the best save I've ever seen live. Um, I, I'm, I think it was about the half hour mark, Matt. Um, and by all accounts, Gregory had a really good game for Bromley. He got man of the match. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't seen many football matches. It was the Good curling effort from Brundle, uh, which he tipped onto the cross squad. I mean, we've seen David Gregory before. He's a decent goalkeeper. Um, it, it, it's a save, but it's a save. A goalkeeper of his quality, I expect to save, uh, to save it from there. So I wouldn't say it's the best save I've ever seen live. We probably could never really say what the best save I've ever seen live is. But um, yeah, he had a good game. Chris Kinnear said, of course, you know, it probably shows that the Bromley goalkeeper was man of the match. That shows that maybe got to take your chances but you've got to take the chances at, at, at this level Effie on you know a couple of times through on goal and you know my kids could probably kick the ball a bit harder than he could but it's disappointing but I mean I can't get on his back so far and I know Dover are desperate to bring a striker in Jamie Allen looks sharp he's going to be key for them so yeah all in all I had a good night out anyway it was, it was good entertaining the evening and uh, yeah a point on the board I'm not, I'm not going to miss the next three Dover games so next time I'm on the pod well next to the pod in this office, we could be bottom of the league and I could be bashing my head against this uh, brick wall, but I'm sure we'll be OK. And um, briefly, we're talking about F. Young. You gave me a delightful description of his penalty on Saturday as well. Um, I just don't think you should perhaps uh, repeat it for the listeners as well. You weren't best pleased with that effort, were you? <laughs> my, my theory is, you know, you've seen it in the World Cup. If you put your boot through it, there's a good chance you're going to score. Cause that's what a lot of teams did in the World Cup. Yeah, it was, you know, he sort of... Um, a Charlie Chaplin walk-up to take the penalty which straight away annoys me. No, Ed, and sort of, there's no low to the keepers. It was, a, it was a decent save by the keeper, but, you know, it was an easy one. Put his foot through it. So, it maybe, maybe he's lacking confidence because of that. I will have any effort on that watch every week, but um, I think from the Dover fans so far, he's no Stefan Payne and he's no Ricky Miller and hopefully I'll regret saying that when he scores 30 goals this season. Is that part of the problem for Dover? Because you have been blessed with two absolutely fantastic strikers there. And any striker that you bring in is automatically going to be compared to to, to those two? Um, nah. Yeah, Payne, arguably, in my opinion, is a better player than Miller because his work rate is good. Miller's a goal scorer and you can't grumble with his record. Like Ryan, the Ryan Bird debate was he never did anything outside the penalty area. At least Effie Young runs around a bit, falls over quite a bit, but at least there's something in there as well. But yeah, you were blessed with that. I quite like Lafayette when Dover had him. Again, people say he doesn't score enough goals, but I thought his link-up play, his movement and his work rate was, was first class. Um, so you, you have been blessed. You'll look back when you realise you've got Payne and Miller up front. I think they'll, you know, Miller scored last week for Port Vale and Payne, once he gets going, will score goals in League One, I'm no doubt about that. So yeah, you get... You, you get to things, but hopefully Effing Young, Allen can be new heroes. Excellent. There's a full programme this weekend. Obviously, this weekend, Bromley, as we heard uh, Neil Smith say, host Harrogate, while the other three are racking up the miles as Dover go to early High Flyers Gateshead, Fleet travel to Hartlepool, and Maidstone go to Halifax. You've also got six points from their two games. Another full programme on Tuesday night as well. 
with Dover hosting Haven and Waterlooville, Ebbsfleet at home to Sutton, Maidstone taking on Leighton Orient and Bromley away at Eastley. And Eastley have, have lost their first two games as well, Matt. I mentioned them a little bit last week. So interesting challenge for, for, for Bromley down there. You, you never know what's going to happen in this league. Um, in National League South, Dartford are sitting pretty with six points after beating both Bath City and their old rivals, Chelmsford City, in a game where Adam Flanagan was sent off for ch- tackling a Chelmsford player. That's normally OK, but uh, when you're the joint manager, that's not the wisest idea, is it, Matt? No, I, I'm always for a bit of excitement from that. Must have, it was the red card. It was um, uh, Coyle who was actually sent off, wasn't he, in that for the incident from there. Uh, from that, there's always a bit of needle between Dover and Chelmsford. Uh, Dartford and Chelmsford, I should say. Yeah, I'm impressed with Dartford. You know, I think we we recorded the pod last Wednesday and Wednesday afternoon, bing, 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 lot on their Twitter. They brought some quality players in, um, Chez Isaac, Jamie Philpott. So maybe I'll have to look at the Dartford uh, prediction where I thought maybe they'd be sort of um, eighth or ninth. The signings they brought in and Elliot Bradbrook, once again, two goals in two games, shows that they're on the, on the right footing. So, um, yeah, Quietly impressed with Dartford there. That's a good result against Chelmsford, I have to say. And some of their supporters really enjoyed that, particularly as well with a bit of niggle in the game. Yeah, and I was also impressed with Welling on Saturday as well, Matt, with their tune that went over Dulwich on Saturday. I, I sent you the team sheet and said, that's a serious side Welling have got. But they'll be disappointed. Uh, went down 1-0 at Eastbourne on Tuesday night. Apparently, they've dominated the second half. were unable to make the breakthrough. You've got to take your chances. But I think Welling, I think we're probably a lot more positive about our two Conference South sides than we were this time last week. Yeah, I've mentioned after that. Well, in, uh, yeah, I think Steve King knows his onions in this division. He'll bring players in, he knows. Um, good result at the weekend against Dulwich. Disappointing against Eastbourne. Eastbourne, one of these sides, you don't know what you're going to get from them, do you? So, on the 3G surface down there. Yeah, but I think they'll both be um, pleased, you know, pleased with the start of of course, from that. But I'm sure Welling can be a bit hot and cold at the start of the season. Uh, we'll be pleased with that as well. Yeah, on Saturday, the Darts are home to Hemel Hempstead. Welling go to Chippenham. Uh, while on Tuesday, Flanagan goes back to his former club, Concord, with the darts, uh, while Welling host big spending Bill Ricky, who beat your mates Truro handsomely on uh, on Saturday. And then the Truro manager resigned, I see, this week. Yeah, I think they've got problems when they're moving. Um, they're playing at Torquay now and investment in the new ground. Uh, yeah, I've got a funny feeling it could be uh, issues for Truro uh, coming if they're going to get the new ground. And I'm going down that way next week for... From the break, so are they at home on Tuesday? Tuesday, Truro. Would I get away with that? I don't. Uh, Truro. Well, you have to go to Torquay, though, won't you? Oh yeah, good point. Well made. Yeah, I have to go back on myself. Yeah, I've never been to Torquay to be honest. So it's one of those grounds that I thought maybe it went over in the National League. I could probably go for there for that, but no, I won't be going then because, of course, um, I'll have to travel back to where I was. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, Truro, yeah, Truro could be one of these difficult in season seasons when you see that they fold halfway through if they run out of money and. Uh, they haven't got a ground to go into, but yeah, it's a shame because they're lovely people down there. Yeah, they are, um, it, and is it their ground is, is is adequate down there as well? Because I've actually been there myself. Uh, saw Margate play down there um, that same season. Actually, we were talking about earlier, three years ago, and um, you, you, it's one of those areas, isn't it? That you know, it hasn't got a it, that Truro are the county's club, and then they're not even playing in the county. And you know, back to Torquay from Truro is is a long old stomp and. I wish Truro well, and I hope they can get through this and get back into deepest, darkest Cornwall because it is a, a lovely place to go. And I'm, I'm quite jealous, Matthew, that you're going there next week. Not if you look at the weather forecast, you won't be. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that one. No, exactly. I'm, I'm getting miserable. Yeah, I'm looking, I am looking forward to my I've been really miserable. That'd be a great time. Yeah, yeah. We've just been blessed, John, and I'm running around in my passport red uh, shorts of the last few weeks, and so now it's a bit miserable and cold. But there yeah, you go. We'll get over it. I'm looking forward to my holiday. Passport red. In the Southern Counties East League, Chatham Town are the only team with two wins from two so far, but either Lordswood or Sheppey United could join them on Wednesday night when they meet. Uh, K Sports, Punjab United and Beckenham have also won one from one. But like the other end, it's been a disappointing start for Beersted and Tunbridge Wells, who joined Croydon and Crowborough in having no points in their first two games. Um, Chatham, Matt, I'd, I'd say that's looking pretty ominous. Two big wins for them. I think they had five different goal scorers on there. Uh, Tuesday night as they beat Canterbury City, another side who are going to be up there, I think. Yeah, Byron Walker, Paul Vines, they've got some experience in there. Yeah, Chatham went under the, well, didn't go under the radar last year. It was a disappointing season for them. They started the season really, really well from there. So, um, and a fair play to our, our, our friends at Punjab United, beating Beersted 3-1. Um, 
they'll be absolutely delighted with that. A crowd of 79, which is, uh, we, we'll keep an eye on their crowds as well. But yeah, a, a good start for them. But yeah, Chatham putting down an early marker and uh, interest in the Sheffield game tonight. So they banged him uh, five at the weekend as well, didn't they? They certainly did. Um, we'll talk about that game, obviously playing Lordswood. Lordswood won at Croydon on Saturday. It was a big year for Lordswood as they celebrate their 50th anniversary. Uh, they're marking that later this month with a game against Charlton Athletic. And with that in mind, I caught up with their manager, Richard Stiles, earlier this week. And I started by asking him about how bright things are looking for the club, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, um, like I say, it's been a busy summer. Um, very lively, a lot of things happening. Um, a lot of new faces coming in from above um, so it's been a bit of a transition in terms of the club and the way it's being run etc um, in terms of my job obviously it's more the football side so it was about getting the boys back for pre-season getting the squad together um, and getting us ready to go on Saturday basically um, and we did that we achieved that it was a tough first fixture away at Croydon but we managed to go there and get all three points which is which again was the target um, and you know, it sets us up nicely going into this, this week and, and the rest of the month, really. I, I read somewhere that the pitch wasn't the best on Saturday. No, um, you know, it's been well documented that the pitch was horrendous. It's probably the worst pitch I've ever seen, especially at the start of the season. Um, I was worried a little bit about injuries and bits and pieces like that, and as a Croydon player, I would not be happy playing on that pitch week in, week out. The, the state of it was just awful. Um, even the officials commented about it and you know what made it even worse was after the game there were no showers for the boys or or anything like that they had showers I could put my boys in but um, they didn't have any showers either which I think is a bit of a joke really for the level we're at and the league we're in I think you know it was a boiling hot day the boys have been around for 90 minutes working hard and, you know and they, the least they deserve is a shower and stuff in a decent changing room um, but saying that the um, just, just rewards really were um, bringing the three points home What's the expectation for you this season? It's better last year. So to improve on eighth last year, I wanted a top six last year. So really I wasn't happy with us finishing eighth. And I felt we were just a little bit too inconsistent against teams in the lower third of the, of the league. And we dropped some silly points when we looked back on it and reflected. So to nullify that and to stop doing that, to better last year, like I say, um, and really looking at the league table, the teams that have left, the teams that are in it now, um, I don't think there's any reason why we can't be certainly up there in the top four or, you know, trying to push on with a challenge. It looks like a wide open league to me. I mean, there's, there's no outstanding team that everyone's expecting to run away with it. And I think that's going to make for a really interesting campaign. Yeah, totally. And I mean, there'll be a lot of teams in the same position as me, saying the same things as me, um, because I, I totally agree. I think the league is wide open. I think there are a lot of teams who can look at that and think, yeah, we, we fancy ourselves here and we can do it. Obviously, there's only one, one position up for grabs in, in terms of one promotion spot. So, regardless of what league you're in, whether that's a Sunday league or a professional league, it's, it's very hard to win a league. Um, and I think there's a number of teams that could potentially do it. But some teams have been more, more vocal about it than others and some are going under the radar. Um, in terms of us, we'll, we'll crack on with what we do. I know full well what I've got in my changing room and where we are as a club. Um, and, and it's up for us, simple for us to go and do the business on the pitch and get the points on board. And obviously the club's getting ready for its 50th anniversary as well. And you've got a big game against Charlton coming up. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a huge game. Um, and it, it just fits perfectly. So obviously we've got our academy that starts in September, the Lordswood um, Charlton Athletic Academy, which is a, another big coup for us to be in partnership with Charlton Athletic um Community Trust, which is obviously who myself and my assistant work for. And, you know, we looked at it and, and asked a few questions with the club and to see if there was a chance we could get Charlton down to play us. And, um, you know, I'm really thankful that we're going to get them down. You know, a 50th year with the club is a big thing. And to get a club like Charlton Athletic, who's been in the Premiership, they've been at the top level down and, you know, they're a hugely followed club in Medway and in Kent. Um, to get them down to the Mine Grove will be, be a special night and it's one that myself and the players are really looking forward to and it also gives us a chance to, to show everyone what, what type of club we are and what we're looking to do as a club um, so I think it's, it's a fantastic opportunity and an, an event for the club and for everyone involved And just finally you got the FA Cup on Saturday against Seven Oaks so I guess that's, that's a pretty tricky tie isn't it to get one of the few teams in the, in the Bostic League away from home yeah, I mean, I never do things easily, and this is um, 
another example of that. I mean, Seven Oaks obviously won our league last year. We've had some good ties with them over the last couple of years since I've been in management. Um, obviously, I know Mickey Collins. And it's, it's just a tough game. It's typical that we drew one of the possible 11 Ryman teams that were in it, but we did. Um, it's pure and simple up to us to go and do a job. We'll set up in our way to go and win the game. Um, we are the underdogs. Um, you know, all the pressure is on Seven Oaks, really. And they'll be expecting to win the game. Um, and they'll be setting up in their way to go and do about it. It's up to us to go and, you know, cause an upset. It's a one-off, you know, FA Cup. You know, we, we want to stay in it. We want to push on. Um, we will have the momentum of two league games. So, you know, that will help us going into Saturday. But like I say, we'll be giving everything we've got to, to do what we can in the game. How much would you like to have a run in the Cup? Because it could mean so much for a club like Lordswood, couldn't it? Yeah, I'd love it. And, you know, I say every year with the FA Cup and the FA Bars, I'd love a run in it. I'd love to go as far as I can. And in every competition we're entered in, I will never take any lightly and I'll never, you know, disregard any. I, I want to go as far as I can in all of them. In terms of this year and what's happened at the club with the new chairman and stuff like that, it's even more emphasis on that and even more opportunity for us to, to go and push on and to go and, um, you know, contend in cup competitions and try and get as far as we possibly can both in the domestic league cup competitions and as well as the FA Cup and the FA Bars. But, um, yeah, you know, the players will want it. They all want to get far. They want to have runs. They want to have headlines. As a manager, I want my team to go far and, and I want us to win some games, you know, cause some upsets. And that's what the FA Cup's all about. So um, there's no reason why Saturday that can't happen. I must admit, Matt, Lords were never really on my radar much until we started doing this show. Um, they seem like a good club, good manager, and I think they might be in for a really good season down there. Yeah, again, he's a positive manager who came across well. He's not going to say they're going to take the world by storm. He wants to improve on last year. I think the link up with the academy with Charlton is interesting as well. Lawswood is that sort of Gillingham base? Is that way? Is that yeah. the way? Yeah, yeah, sort so, of Gillingham Chatham sort of way. Yeah. So yeah, so um, some players around there that maybe fall out of the system at the Gills or anything like that, and working with Charlton really helps them out from there. Yep. Um, tough game against Sheffield United tonight. Your favourites to win the division. Interesting how they got on, and will they have one eye on that FA Cup tie as well? Cause that is disappointing, isn't it? You can see he's putting a brave face at it. Of the 11 Ryman or Devon Bostick sides they could actually place, they pulled out probably the one they didn't really want in Seven Oaks. It'll be a tough game for them there. I think you do get money if you lose in the FA Cup extra extra preliminary round. So, but again, as everybody wants is a, is a cup run, isn't it? So um, that'll be tough for them there. But yeah, we'll look out for them again. Again, one of these sides, since you do this sort of podcast, know of the name but don't know too much about them so it's interesting to find out when you speak to them yeah was well, one interesting point you did make about that cup ties obviously it is Seven Oaks' first game of the season whereas they will have had two games going into it so you know it, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a leveller but it will give that the, they'll be feeling a, a little bit more brighter than, than Seven Oaks but Seven Oaks will also want to have a, a, a good cup run and, and a cup run is important for, for many of our teams at these levels isn't it oh, the extra the money coming in from I think they've increased the money as well in this in this division now, haven't they? Uh, or in this competition now, I think they've doubled it a bit, so it's, it's really worth it. And you probably could, we said before, one of our sides will probably go long into it. We'd be interested to see, but Seven Oaks on their surface with the confidence they've got, the crowd they're getting, could they do it? But good, good luck to both sides. At least we've got one side through to the next round. Anyway, exactly. Well, we've actually got a few sides because uh, looking through it, we've got Corinthian against Canterbury City on Saturday, uh, Deal against Whitstall, as well as the aforementioned Seven Oaks against Lordswood. Um, other ties that I've sort of picked out from this Saturday, uh, Beers have got their first ever home FA Cup tie at Honey Lane when they take on Chichester City, uh, while K Sports are at home to Pagham. And K Sports... The name itself has never been in the Cup, but in, in one of their previous guises, they were in the Cup 50, 60 years ago. But I'm sure that'll be a great day for them. And Pagan with the team who knocked City Board out last year. So that'll be a, an interesting tie, that one. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how many of these ties pan out at the weekend. Yeah, Chatham against Walton and Herschel. Walton and Herschel, are they, are they Devon Bostick? Probably are, aren't they? I, th- I would imagine so, yeah. I think, Or they yeah. might be in the Southern League. I've, I've really yeah, not paid not, much attention uh, to this shake-up. Good non-league sort of side there from there. Sheppey against Cobham. Yeah, some interesting ones. Corinthian against Canterbury. Yeah, so we're going to lose a few. Um, Probably against Tunbridge, really. Tunbridge Wells probably could do with the result there, isn't it? Deal Whitstable sounds an absolute cracker as well. Because Deal had a good result on Tuesday evening. And uh, Whitstable, you know what you're going to get from them as well. So, yes, a couple of really good ones. I see the money is winners receive £2,250, which is not to be sniffed at. And the losers receive £750. So... 
maybe they can use that money to drown their sorrows if they go out of the cup. Yeah, I, th- I actually I think well, Walton and Hersham did get relegated out of the Bostick and they're now in the uh, Combined Counties League and they've been there a couple of years, if I remember correctly. Um, looking at the next round as well, there could be a couple of Kent derbies lined up because the winners of Beerstead's tie will travel to Sittingbourne. Um, Hollands and Blair could face Erith Town if they both win their ties. And that Chatham against Walton Hersham tie, the winners will travel to Ramsgate. So uh, this time next week, we will know um, if we're going to have definitely teams getting through further and further. And like you say, last year, we had a couple of teams go on a run. We had um, Glebe, certainly their cup run stu- stuck out in my mind a little bit. Um, but we'd really like to see one of these teams, one of our Bostick or Scaffold teams, really having a good crack at getting a long way in this cup. Because it'd be fantastic for Kent football, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think high. The high were the last Kent side back in 2011 who went to the first round, didn't they? So from that, so it's been done before. Again, it's a shame it's those starts so early for these sides because now your season could be over. You know, your cup season could be over by the end of August. But they know how important it is. So. We'll just to see too, but I'm I'm pretty confident we're getting it, you know, before the big boys, so-called big boys, come in in the uh, second qualifying round and the fourth qualifying round. We'll have, we'll have sides still involved in it, at least the third as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, that just leaves us with the new look Bostic League, then, which kicks off on Saturday. Although not if you're Seven Oaks or Whitstable, because they've got FA Cup ties this weekend, um, as you've already heard. In the Premier Division, which now has 22 teams rather than 24, there's still three Kent teams, and two of them start at home. Last year's surprise package, Folks and Invicta take on Enfield, while Margate, now under the joint management of Mike Sandman and Steve Brown, host newly promoted Corinthian Casuals, you know, the ones who lost the playoff final and still got promoted. Uh, Tunbridge Angels are at Merston, um, and then on Tuesday night, Angels host Lewis, Invicta travel to Corinthian Casuals, and Margate will be the first visitors to Dorking Wanderers' new stadium. Um, now, Matt, who do you think is going to be the top one of our three in the Bostic Premier this year? I think that Tunbridge Angels probably can't have a worse season than they did last time. I think um, Steve McKim has signed well players at this level who've scored goals and have a little bit of quality on the ball. So, Folkestone, Folkestone overachieved last season? Probably. Um, lost in the playoffs, didn't they? But, but again, Neil Cugley's brought a lot of They haven't lost that many of their players. Just Joe Taylor, haven't they? But Kane Rowland's come in and they've, they've strengthened as well. They've kept a, uh, Adi Yusuf up top. So, Folkestone will be there. Uh, I'm going for Tunbridge Margate. You don't know what you're going to get. Margate, of all the sides, you've probably got the most experience. You know, the Collins, the Flishers, the Mill, uh, the Winters, the, the the Mills in there. From that point of view, young goalkeeper they've got. Into, we, we've had on the pod before. So interesting, he gets on. I think he may be a bit of a struggle for Margate. They seem to have a few off-field problems again. How it works with the joint managers, but I would say I fancy Tunbridge Angels to get into the playoffs. I take it still top five for the playoffs, is it? Oh, I don't know. This is one of the divisions where not every, you can win the playoffs and not go up, isn't it? So um, I think it is going to be one spot and then four in the playoffs, but it really is a complete lottery, I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say the Tunbridge Angels have got a good chance for the playoffs. Folks will all be in and around it. Margate maybe a, a season uh, of regrouping again. Um, they put a lot of players on two-year contracts, Margate, didn't they? Then when Steve Watt was there and this is their final year, their contract, it'd be interesting to see what sort of route they go down. But yeah, the likes of Colin, if he bangs in the goals, they'll do well. But a mixture of youth and experience for Margate. So I think they'll have some ups. Then they think they'll have some downs. But um, out of all of them, I'll put my neck on the block and say maybe the Tunbridge Angels could be the best chance of promotion this season. I'd agree with that. I think, as, as you say, I think the signing of Alex Reid in particular stands out for me for, for Angels. And I think they'll build, they've built a nice little squad there. And, you know, they've been in this league for quite a while now, Tunbridge Angels, and I think they really, really want to have a push at it. And I can't see any reason why they won't uh, make a real um, a real good push. Folkestone, they've lost Joe Taylor, but they've kept Adi Yusuf. They've just brought in Kane Rowland, who was at Sittingbourne as well, and, and he's been around a little bit. And I think that's very similar to the Joe Taylor move, really, coming up from the Bostick South, where he scored plenty of goals, sticking him into that Folkestone team and seeing how he does. But I think Folkestone did overachieve last year. However... I was I was about to say I think they could drop down the table, but then I think that they have they've strengthened as well. They signed Jack Evans too. I think there's a, there's every chance Folkestone could could push again, and and it won't be such a surprise this year. And um, I wish them all well, all three of those teams. So, but what I would say there's no you know last year you had Billy Ricky and so maybe Dulwich who finally got out of it uh, were the red hot favourites to go up. So this year it's maybe a, a more of an open field. So it'll be interesting. I think it could be quite a tight Boston Premier League, and again. We say it every week. It's key to get off to a good run, a good start of the season. There, the Kent sides, if they can do that, will build uh, confidence and momentum as the season goes on. 
I tell you a side I fancy, actually, uh, Matt, is Dorking Wanderers. I think they'll do well. They've got um, Jason Pryor in, um, and I think they'll they'll be a threat. Man, 3G there. Yeah, new, new stadium. I think that they've, they're, they're still in, they've had such good momentum the last couple of years. I think they're one of the teams that we should definitely be looking out for in the Boston League. And we'll see how they got on when they take on Margate on Tuesday night. Um, last but not least is the newly renamed Bostick South East Division, which is another level of utter confusion for us. Because let's face it, we're still calling it the Ryman South in our heads. Um, 20 teams in that league, 12 of them we cover here on the Kent Only podcast. So surely, Matt, at least one of them is going to get promoted. Although, let's not even think about what might happen with the playoffs come the end of the season. Because as we just mentioned, uh, there's a possibility that you can win the playoffs and not be promoted, which is Absolute madness. But who's your tip in that league, Matt? in episode 65, I expect, John, when it gets a bit closer uh-huh. now. Before we start to analyse who'll be where, during pre-season, I had a chat with Sittingwell boss Aslan Adev, who side-faced Horsham this weekend. How have you found your first pre-season as a manager? Uh, good, good. Learning quickly, uh, learning a lot. Um, you know, we're, we're trying, again, trying to build foundations and progress and get to where we need to be before August 11th. Um, today was a good sort of inclination of you know how we want to play and the sort of style we want to want to impose on teams and um, you know we're getting there we're getting there still trying to look at new uh, new players and make sure that the old players are, are ticking the boxes so um, we'll see where we are but it's, it's a good start I guess you had a really strong end to last season so the summer probably didn't come at a great time for you really did it? No we definitely wanted to carry on definitely wanted to carry on um, we definitely got on a roll and a bit of momentum behind us and you know it was unfortunate that obviously the, the timing was the season ended um, and the spirit in the team was fantastic. So our aim was to try and get back to that as quick as possible. You kept a lot of the players that, that, that were doing the business for you towards the end of the season. I guess it's a little about fine-tuning it now, isn't it? 100%, 100%. It's going to add a few faces, uh, not going to overhaul anything. Um, you know, We have complete faith in the players that we had at the back end of last year and um, they're all you know, buzzing to be back and they all, most of them gave me a quick answer to stay. So um, it was very good. Um, but yeah, we're definitely building something, something good. We believe, and you know, fingers crossed, we can, you know, we can do something, do something in the season. You see, young Lex there as well. I know there's been a lot of talk about him and where he's going to end up. But I, I think I had this conversation with Nick Davis actually. But is it better for him to be playing men's football now rather than being in an academy somewhere? And it standing, put him in good stead for the future, won't it? Whatever happens. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm a big believer in you know, if you can play at a high level, then do it. Um, you know, and if you can be playing against. You know, players who are a bit more experienced and a bit more savvy, and then he's, he's got to learn a little bit quicker. Um, and he won't be playing against you know players that are his age all the time. Um, so yeah, but he's 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 a very very good player, loads and loads of potential. But he needs to stay humble, needs to concentrate. Like I've said to him a numerous amount of times, in being the best centre back in Sittingbourne Football Club, and then in the league, and then you know going from there. But um, but yeah, he's 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 a good lad. The club's doing well bringing young players through at the moment, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, we've got a load of young players in our squad at the moment. Um, always trying to, you know, give opportunities and allow players to sort of show what they're about and you know take take it take every opportunity with with two hands. So um, yeah, a few young players that are that are looking to progress. A lot of them are hungry and you know I've always got their eyes looking upwards. Um, so we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, really good core of young players. Horsham first up in the league. Um, I know, obviously, probably not ideal to be have one of your longest trips first up. I suppose. Yeah, we'll get out of the way. We'll get out of the way. Um, obviously, the Guernsey one's the other one. That's quite quite far away. So, um, but yeah, Horsham is. You know, they, they're, they're a good team, and we need to make sure that we're on our A game to to get something out of it. And you know, our preparations will will, will be will be fine for August 11th. For you know, when when we do play Horsham, and you know, we're we're going to go. And home tie in the FA Cup as well. I know last year Simon came undone in a tie that people would have expected him to win. So you've, you've got to take it to take it as it comes, haven't you? The, the H- FA Cup. Hundred percent. Yeah, cup run is very important to the club. Um, so we've definitely got our eyes set on that, and uh, we'll be lo- definitely looking to to go from, you know full steam ahead um, in, in in the in the cup competition. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be fine. Again, it's just one of those things where if we go, if we turn up and give everything, then you know, there's no reason why we can't can't do something do something good. Smaller league, small, fewer midweek games, but I guess it's, it's it's a good opportunity because you know there's only 20 teams in there, and it just takes anyone to put a good run together, and, and they can have a really good season. Yeah, it is, especially with the four teams that got promoted from last year. Um, you know, you're looking at the league, and you're sort of seeing you know maybe two or three teams that are that will be up there guaranteed, and then everybody else is sort of vying for places. So, um, you know, everybody will be looking to sort of try and try and grab a spot here and there. So, hopefully, we'll be one of them, and you know. It's it's a good league. It's a good league. 
the away games aren't aren't too bad, so um, we'll see how we get on. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a good change. I feel. Who do you reckon the teams to to watch out for? I'm guessing Cray are going to be up there. Yeah, Cray will others. be one. Um, Greenwich are a little bit of a surprise package for this year. Um, Ashford are always always you know got got a bit of money and a bit of backing. So um, yeah, I mean it's, it's probably the usual suspects, and then everybody else is, is sort of looking to to improve and, and be up there as well. And just finally, what will make a successful season for Sittingbourne? Um, I think. I think if we if we can give the fans something to shout about and and we're always looking up the table and always being positive and always sort of giving everything on the football pitch, then um, I think that will be a successful season. In, in regards to to final placings and you know where we finish at the end of the end of the season, um, I've got my obviously expectations and I've got my sort of um, you know targets. But um, but yeah, we'll see where we go. We'll see where we end up. Aslan there, Matt, he had a slow start, but then they were picking up and probably the summer came at just the wrong time for Sittingbourne. It's had a good pre-season. Yeah, they've just lost Kane Rowland, but I think Sittingbourne, they'll be confident they can push around the, the, certainly the top half this year. Well, this time, you know, the first month, two months of the season, they were top of the league, weren't they? And we were bigging them up with Nick Davis to be the manager of the, of the year. Then it went a little bit downhill and he lost his job. Um, the new manager came in, who I thought sounded you know, pretty confident there from how he He's a very young manager. He's the youngest manager in the league. Is he? he must be. I assume so, yeah. I mean, so he must be twenty. Well, he probably he might be twenty-seven by now, but um, yeah, very youthful. Um, and yeah, he's, he's 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 certainly got his head screwed on. You know, I remember when we spoke to him before. He said he's you know even his GCSEs and A levels were geared towards him becoming a football manager. And they've they've done okay in pre-season um, of, of Sittingbourne. It'll be interesting to see how they go with him full full time. And and I, I don't know who else you think will be up there, Matt. I'm, I'm pretty sure Hive Town. Yeah, the highs, you know, uh, you know, injury time away from being in the playoffs and anything could have happened from that point for them, won't they? So, did a good job, Denley, there. Interesting game against Ashford on Saturday. Why, oh, what, well, I suppose if you've got 12 teams out of your 20-team league against sides, you could have a derby, but surely that should be a Christmas game, Ashford against Hyde. Gary Alexander spent plenty of money in. Ashford were a bit burnt last season when they come into the Bostic South, didn't they? Um, uh, struggled, didn't I think they won the final away game of the season, so they'll be looking to to go on a good run. Yeah, Alexander, he hasn't gone to Ashford to sit on his laurels in a decent football league career uh, and he'll be looking for that. And Cray, of course, score goals and goals. I think we, when we I think we were a bit of a death knell to Cray when we spoke to him about January, February time because they wanted 100 points, 100 goals and it all went a bit wrong for them, didn't it? So, particularly in the playoffs as well, which you saw. So, well, uh, Favisham, you know, Favisham and Herm Bay are playing each other again. Game why on the first day of the season? I've got no idea. I, suppose, well, I, should, I, I should point out though, Matt, that because the the reduced number of teams in this league, not everyone's actually playing over Christmas. Margate haven't got a game on Boxing Day. Oh, no, it's true, yeah. Um, they've given teams the option to not play over Christmas, and some of these teams have opted not to play on Boxing Day, which is very interesting, something we'll no doubt talk about later on in the in the season. But I think it's quite good that you've got these sort of local games. And especially, I mean, Ashford against High, the, uh, that is a that should be the uh, sort of Christmas game. But Faversham Herne Bay, it'll be Herne Bay-Whitstable over Christmas, because Whitstable obviously have come into that. I, I think that's a... A really nice fixture to to start the season for them. Well, for, for the players, it's not far to travel, is it? Yeah, Faversham. I think we put, I've probably tipped them to do well under Ray Turner. It's probably a big season for for Faversham, maybe a big season for Ray Turner uh, as well, because they really had a poor season after being up and around it in the last few years. Herne Bay, Embry, and um, Darlington second season got a few young players in. Uh, they've strengthened the squad there. They'll be looking to compete, but again, like the Bostic Premier Division. You're always going to see a lot of goals in the Boston, Devon Bostic South, I have to say. Um, and you expect goals. And again, I'm expecting a, a tight old division. You know, you've got Seven Oaks and Whitstable coming in as well. It could be a real open thing. There's nobody spending big money down there. And there's a lot of sides. If you start well, you could be in for a really good season. Yeah, so I've already mentioned a couple of the fixtures. Elsewhere, Phoenix travel to East Grinston on Saturday. Um, Cray go to Greenwich Boroughs. That's an interesting game. Thamesmead go, travel to Hastings. And it's VCD against Ramsgate. Um, because there's fewer fixtures in the season, there's no midweek games in that division on the first week of the season. But Ashford take on Thamesmead on Tuesday and Cray Wanderers host Ramsgate on Wednesday in the Kent Senior Cup. And that latter tie still gives me the shivers, Matthew. And, and you can tell the people why. Yes, in our other show, On the Air with John and Matt, play trailer, John. We um, uh, did the draw for the Kent Senior Cup. So John was the Graham Kelly role and I was the sort of pulling the away sides out and, and we the brilliant people from the Kent FA came up and they pulled out there the, the, the box and it's like a, the old um, round brown round wooden balls 
and I choose one. It was going smoothly after two ties. Pick the one out, and I said, it, I thought, again, listeners, if you draw a ten and then put it on its side, put a five and then put it on the side, it looks like a ten. So basically, I thought number five was ten or ten was five. One of the two was there. But we managed to get out of it with a bit of a laugh and a joke. So yeah, I don't know if we'll ever be asked back to do the uh, draw again, but. We put it on the bucket list, but yeah, I did cock it up. And if that had been live on Sky Sports, Twitter would have had a meltdown and I probably would never work again. It just, I just was thinking if it had been like, you know, an old firm game, you'd pulled out Rangers Celtic and then it wasn't. And then, you know, you would have been, the trolls on social media would have had you, uh, would have had your guts for garters, wouldn't they? But I believe if they can't FA anything, just, you know, use a pen, just go over it for the people my terrible lifestyle like myself. What, what I mean, in your defence, why would you underline a five? That that was what I, that was what why I complete initially no, I was a bit uh, I was under pressure John live on national well local national radio if you, well if you think about it, live on local radio, big cup draw and uh, yeah. But it, it didn't go well, you're saying it's the world's ended. It, it was it was okay. We looked at each other, froze for a couple of seconds, but we got over it and it should be a great tie and um, you know, Cravey Ramsgate both sides are absolutely delighted playing that first week of the season. I'm sure they are. Um, anyway, that's just about it for, for this week's episode of the Kent Non League podcast. It's been a, uh, a good, well, not really a good first week of the season. It's been a busy first week of the season. We've had some ups and some downs, some highs and some lows. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing how it all how it all carries on with the Boston League and those FA Cup ties this weekend. Um, as Matt's mentioned a couple of times, he's going to be on holiday next week, but he's still going to make time to, for a phone call in the podcast, aren't you? Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Probably be, yeah, probably be Wednesday sometime. So um, uh, I'll have to play with the wife. Uh, well, plead with the wife. I'm going to need to go off for half an hour to do it. I'll, I'll let you know. Thing, but John will put it on social media where we are. Hopefully, the weather will be good. Uh, uh, but yeah, there will be a podcast next week. So um, two more games for my for the beloved Dover. So hopefully, six points on the board against uh, some tough games from there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm away. But then I'll be back refreshed um, to go again. Excellent. Well, um, as always, you can find us on social media, um, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non-League. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, Monday night, BBC Radio Kent, I will be on the air um, without Matt. Um, so I'm going to just sob my way through an hour of radio. I won't be listening, I have to say. Oh, that's loyalty for you, isn't it? But uh, yeah, nine o'clock, uh, BBC Radio Kent. You can also listen again to our show uh, from this Monday, which was very good. We had a uh, former Jules Boss agent. I want Penn- that one, so you need to listen to that one. Yeah, listen back to that on the iPlayer. Um, it's, it's quite easy to do. Um, but obviously, you Kent Non League podcast is why you listen here. And, and thanks to everyone for listening this week. And we look forward to speaking to you next week here on the Kent Non League podcast. I'm feeling a bit dehydrated. <laughs>